What's up everybody, it's Hank here with the audio version of Smoke Break MMA on the Anchor app. And tonight I'm doing a full UFC fight night breakdown on the card that just happened last night. Cain Velasquez versus Francis Ngannou. And my guest here today that's going to be doing the breakdown with me is a writer, a fan. You know, he knows his MMA people, so he definitely... a. Uh, what he's also a better right an MMA handicapper yeah that's the word. Uh, uh, that's what that's the word I was looking for MMA yeah. handicapper Gabriel Killian yeah how you guys doing thanks for having me on man definitely you know uh, and I reached out to you like I said you know uh, in the DMs I haven't you know heard heard your interviews before you know heard your podcast before so I reached out uh, specifically you know to before I knew all that you know before so it wasn't like you know I'm just gonna have this guy on because he's been on Kenny Florian's show or he's been on these other shows yeah I feel you respect but for the people you know who haven't you mentioned to me you have been on Kenny Florian's show and Oh yeah, I, I, I went on I've been on uh, that podcast three times I go on and I do I've done like uh, my picks against Kenny. It's me versus Kenny. So far, I'm two zero and one. We had a draw one time, and I beat him twice. Yeah. Against Kenny or John? Just Kenny. Kenny, yeah. Yeah. Does John do it too? Yeah, it's, it's their podcast, but Kenny's do Kenny's the one uh, I do. I I make picks for on behalf of John against Kenny. That's crazy, though. That you yeah. you know it's. It's good to have people, you know, like that where you know and you can talk to, you know, like that that are so close to the to the game, you know, so close to the MMA world. Yeah, man. So the big, you know, it was a big card, first card on ESPN. You know, we had the card on ESPN Plus where Cejudo Dillashaw, but this was the first one on TV ESPN. It was pretty cool, you know, seeing uh, fighting on the ESPN. You know, it was very, it was a very cool moment, you know, to see him on the ESPN channel. Channel 140, if you have Dish. And uh, obviously, you know, a lot of attention, a lot of attention was on Kane and Francis coming into it. But this was a pretty stacked card, if you think about it. The opening fight on the main card, Aljamain Sterling fight facing Jimmy Rivera. And Jimmy Rivera's been on kind of a downslope since, you know, the Marlon Marais KO. And really, he hasn't fought since then. I mean, he had, I'm, I said he's been on downside, but he hasn't fought since then. But... My I actually had a perfect pick in this one. I had Aljermaine by decision. Man, I I never wanted this, this fight to happen. Like for years, I've been wanting this fight to not happen because uh, uh, I used to live with Aljo, oh, and I'm also really good friends with Jimmy. So <laughs> I just situation. didn't want I just didn't want to ever see them fighting each other. But it happened, and um, I ended up just betting the fight to go over two and a half rounds, and I I hit that bet. Yeah, but like, uh, I'm just glad no one got finished, you know? Yeah, and it was weird, because Jimmy Rivera, you could see him, you know, and I've watched the card back a few times already. Jimmy Rivera, at the end of the first round, he went to his corner, and he was just shaking his head, you know, and he was just like, I don't, I just don't feel right. Something must have been up with Jimmy. Oh, uh, you, you got to see that? Because uh, when I was watching it here in L.A., um, just... They didn't see any of that in between round. Actually, they just cut the commercials. Yeah, so I, didn't I didn't get see it. I didn't see it. But uh, Kenny Florian and John Anik said on the oh, yeah, oh, they, they I must have missed it. Or, or it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't Kenny. It was Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz was the one who said it. Dominic Cruz said in between rounds that he was shaking his head and telling his corner that I just don't feel right. Yeah, from, from oh yeah, I, I remember. I remember hearing that. Yeah, from the first round, you could tell just. Jimmy, he seemed a little off. He didn't seem quite like himself. But still, his takedown defense held up. Held up. He, it was really good. I, I'm Al Jermaine is my my lucky charm kinda. I, the I, I, my last time I picked was you know when he fought Cody Stamen, and uh, I had a, I made a bet with one of my friends, and I, I I actually was a perfect pick on a perfect pick on that one too. I got I picked Aljo by submission. You know, and uh, I, I was kind of iffy, you know, about picking, you know, Aljo by decision because Jimmy Rivera is very tough. But I just feel like Al Jermaine's hitting his prime. You know, he said after the speech, I'm I'm just now getting in my best years of MMA. Uh, I had a bet on Aljo by submission in that fight. It paid $100 to win $750. Whew. If you made that bet too, <laughs> I, did. I didn't make no money bet, but I said that would happen. <laughs> that, that would have been a good bet to make, definitely. So the, another good, uh, another great moment, you know, besides being on ESPN and Kane being back, and was Chrome Gracie. You know, you had a Gracie in the octagon 
of course, you know, a lot of people, you don't even have to know MMA and you've known, you know, the term Gracie or you've known Hoist or you've heard of Helio or Hickson. And Crone, Crone, I thought Crone was older than he is. Crone's only 30 and he's... He's 30? Yeah, Crone's only 30. I, I thought he was like 34, 35. I thought he was he, he was like uh, twenty seven. No, he's thirty. He's thirty, and uh, you know, of course, he was facing Alex, the Bruce Leroy, and he even said in an interview. You know, he even said in one of his inter- interviews that he wanted somebody tougher, that he asked for somebody better, and it went just pretty much like we expected. You know, he grabbed him, threw him down, and choked him. Did the most you, impressive thing was he actually outstruck him before taking him down. Yeah, he was doing some so good boxing. He had some yeah. good boxing skills. A lot of, you know, he trains with Nate Diaz and Gilbert Melendez and all those guys, and they brag all the time about, like, look, you know, of course he's a black belt. He's a, Of course if you go to the ground with him, you're in his world. But he's got some good boxing skills too. Yeah, man, I can't wait till his next fight. That's what I was going to say. You know, he uh, he said he's going to make a quick turnaround, and obviously, you know, he didn't even really get touched much. But do you throw him to the Wolves straight away? Do you give him a top 10, top 15? That's what he wants. But do you give him what he wants? That's the question. Yeah. If it's me, I say yeah. But just because that man is such high-level jiu-jitsu, I mean, even if you gave him, let's say, he's a featherweight, right? Or... Yeah. Yeah. Let's say you give him Jeremy Stevens, who is a fucking killer. Jeremy Stevens. I mean, yeah, you can't give him Stevens right off the bat. I think that's, that's what. Like, I, that's what I'm just saying. Let's say you did do that. Jeremy can either knock his block off, or if Crone gets him to the ground, Crone has the jujitsu ability to to submit anybody. It's just the fact of can he get it there and can he get it done. It's kind of like a you remember Hodger Gracie in Strike Force. He won a lot, yeah. but if he couldn't get you to the ground, he wasn't winning. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, uh, I'm looking at the rankings right now. Maybe someone like Yair? Is he, know. what number is Yair? 11. 11. Who's number, like, who, it goes to 20, right? 15. 15. Who's number 15? That, that, that would be a good one, too. But I mean, that, that might be a tough, really tough one, man. Yeah. yeah. Qatar's got great take on defense, this is a great strategy. That would be a tough one. Yeah, I, th- I think you got to give him somebody up there, though. You got, you got, you can't just feed him a little bit. You got to feed him a little higher ranked. Let me tell you who he could. We can be. He could be number fourteen, Darren Elkins for sure. I think because Elkins is not that great of a striker, and uh, he's a grappler. And is going to be in his world. You know, he's going to get a submission. It, it was a cool moment to see Gracie, you know, get his hand raised. And it, I think that it's said on the screen the first time when Gracie has won in the UFC since the 1990s. Yeah, and it was a 5,000th UFC fight. Uh, it was actually Cynthia Calvillo was the 5,000th. Did they switch them? I, I thought they did, but I'm not sure. I, I, I seen Ariel's tweet. I, I, did, I, don't know if I, I don't know if they switched it, but Ariel tweeted out, unless they switched the fights that... Cynthia Cavill will be will I, I don't know if I'm saying her, her last name right, but he, he and after that, I just assumed that they did because uh, that was the only reason that they initially said it there. So it would be uh, right. the five thousand fight. But I could be wrong. I, I just I remember Ariel tweeting and saying that they weren't going to, but I did. He did mention at the end of the tweet oh, that he said they were not going to change it. He said that as of right now they haven't changed it and it doesn't oh, yeah, I remember that, I just assumed they did but yeah, and it doesn't look like but we'll have to just double check that but either way it was really cool to see a Gracie get his hand raised uh what the synth was the Cynthia fight the next fight uh let me check or, right no, now. it was the bar uh, the Vincent L- Luque Vicente the, Luque the, the next fight was a uh, Philian jury Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about. I actually had Fila too. I got, I had Feely by submission. I, I he won by decision. I, you know, I had the right winner, wrong method. Who, who did you kind of? Who, who did you have in that one? Even though it was kind of a somewhat sleeper. I, I had Jury, and he just didn't show up, man. Yeah, he, re- he dropped the ball big time. Remember when uh, Miles Jury fought Donald Cerrone, and Donald beat him up bad. 
Yeah, I had, I had a max bet on Cerrone in that fight. It kind of reminded me, you know, uh, of, I mean, I'm not saying he got beat up. You know, Feely didn't really beat him up too bad. It wasn't like that, but it kind of reminded me of Fury. He's he's really great. Like, he's a great fighter, but when he gets that big, giant opportunity, he kind of falls short just a little bit. Yeah, man. He just, And I feel like he's maybe on the decline now, too. So, was the... Was Vicente Luque next, or was Calvillo? I believe it was Vicente Luque then. Luque was actually between the Philly and the Chrome fight. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See, I'm, I'm, my ordering's all messed up, but I've got them all here. Vicente yeah. Luque, I remember I actually had Jalen Turner on, the, the guy who he fought his last fight. Uh, he knocked yeah. him out. That's really, it really wasn't Jalen's weight class. You know, he's a lightweight, and he jumped up to welterweight to, to fight him. But, of course, he still, you know, got the big knockout. Vicente Luque is probably a big time prospect at this weight class now. Yeah, man, he's already well established by now. He, he just had a slip up against Leon Edwards where he was winning the fight and he just gassed and he lost. He kind of made up for that this time in that he he was winning and then he gassed and he was losing, but then he turned it around and with that knockout at the end because he was like seconds away from losing a decision. Yeah, and a lot of people. We're calling it, you know, fight of the year so far, round of the year. I, I've watched, I rewatched it three times, and I might, I don't know if I'm just missing it. <laughs> I mean, the first round was entertaining. The second round was okay, and the, the third round to me was my favorite. The third round was really cool, but to me, it wasn't some huge, great, amazing war like they're portraying it to be. Yeah, I feel you. Not fight of the year, but definitely fight of the night. But it just the fact that Barbarina was almost out. And then he came back, and then he was looking good, and people people thought he was going to win, and then he got a knockout with seconds left. That just makes like a great fight. But we're only six weeks into the year. I don't think it's going to be the fight of the year. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, like you said, he did win fight of the night, and it was definitely an entertaining scrap. But I, I wouldn't call it Gilbert Melendez, Diego Sanchez. I wouldn't call it that. Yeah, it was not definitely not that. It was definitely no uh, Cup Swanson and Dubois show either. Yeah, and, and to me, I, I would actually put you know Diego Sanchez, Gilbert Melendez above that. Probably that that was really a really fun fight. That was that was a fun fight. Diego Sanchez Di- still kicking. Diego, was just, it was just the third round that was great. The first two rounds were whatever, but that third round, yeah, that was a killer one. The, like the, the last ten seconds of each round too was pretty good. When they when they hit when they heard yeah. the clapper, Diego turns the crazy switch on when he hears that clapper. He's got a fight coming up against Mickey Gall. Yeah, that's what I was fixing to say. He, he won season one of the Ultimate Fighter, and he is still staying strong. How old is Diego? Uh, he's got to be like, like 37 or something. 37, 38 at least. Let me check. Yeah, he's the, he's the last, one, last one standing from the, the first season. I mean, that's think about how long ago that was. That was 2006, maybe, 2007. Yeah, he just he just turned thirty seven on December thirty first. Thirty seven. So he's he's probably got like another year or two, and that's probably it. I mean, if we're being honest. Yeah, and Ultimate Fighter was the finale was in April of two thousand and five. It's been five. a while. Yeah, whew, that was a long time ago. So yeah. another thing too, I didn't really like the Cynthia fight. Did Did you like it? I seen a lot of people loved it. I didn't like it much. No, man, I didn't like it. I'm just glad my bet cashed because I was not sure how the judges were going to score that. Yeah, I I picked Cynthia. I really don't know much about her opponent. I know her a little bit, you know, but I haven't watched much footage on her. You know, I haven't watched much of many of her fights. She's really good, man, but, like, uh, she underperformed in this fight. She's a lot better than what she showed in this fight. She just chose the strike when she's really a grappler. She didn't really try to go for the takedowns as much as she should have. And in the first round, she knocked her down. She had a chance to uh, jump on her. She allowed her to get back up. And if she jumped on her, she might have gotten a submission. Or, I don't know. Right. But the, the, to me, one, my favorite fight on the card, you know, was the co-main. Felder and Vic. And uh, Paul Felder, you know, he, he was on a three-fight win streak. And then he made that big jump up to welterweight to fight Mike Perry. Split decision, arguably beat Mike Perry. I mean, depending on... No, nah, that should not have been the split decision. It was, it was, it should have been unanimous, Mike Perry. It was close. It was arguably, you know, it was arguably close. Because besides the maybe, cut, he cut maybe him. Maybe I don't 
Maybe I don't remember it good enough, but from what I remember, it was pretty one-sided. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. The the second and the third round, yeah. The second and the third round, Perry took over, but the first round was, you know, I, th- I think that's what happened. They kind of, the first round, Perry was doing good, or the first round, Felder was doing good, and then the second and the third, Perry kind of took over. Plus, uh, Felder broke his arm, you know, I remember with the spinning elbow, he broke his arm against Perry, and uh, so this this is was actually his first fight back since breaking his arm against James Vick. And James Vick, last fight against Justin Gaethje, of course. Justin Gaethje, one of the best lightweights on the planet any day of the week. I had Felder by knockout, uh, and Felder ended up getting a decision. Did you read what happened to Felder this morning? Did you see that report? Collapsed lung, yeah. I thought that was fucking insane. I was reading that, and I was telling my wife, I was like, he still won. Like, he, he, he still ended up winning that fight. It happened... In like the last few seconds of the fight, from a knee. I rewatched it. I was just right before we started. I was rewatching. I couldn't find it. Is it like in the last minute? It's the last sixty seconds, somewhere in there. I didn't watch it. That's just what he said. Oh, I'm gonna. I, I tried to find it. You know, I went back and I was like, I'm gonna try and find it. I'm. I'm just gonna have to look again and see if I can find it because in his interview, you know, he wasn't acting like he was in pain. Yeah, I I haven't seen the post fight stuff yet, but I'm gonna check them out. He's a savage, though. It was a good win. I've seen some people saying that they thought Vic won. Paul won that fight. Paul won that fight. What? Who said Vic Vic won? That's crazy. They pretty much were saying that leg kicks don't count as significant strikes. Leg kicks are definitely significant if you're to the point of limping. Yeah, and it was just more than that. It was touching him up pretty well just in general, man. He obviously won that fight. Yeah. I mean, Vic... Vic was hoping he would get the decision. I'm not, buddy. My, my dog's here. <laughs> yeah, yeah Vic, Vic was definitely thinking he was going to... It's kind of like uh, the, the Cynthia fight, too. As they were reading the decision, Courtney thought she had won. Like, she was upset, you know, that she didn't get it. Any, I've argued before, decisions are weird, period. You know, like, anytime you have a fist fight... Like me and you go out in the yard and we fist fight and you don't knock me out, I don't knock you out, you don't submit me, and I don't submit you. It's really hard to kind of tell who won. Submit decisions if, are weird. Oh yeah. But if it's but if but if one guy's clearly winning, you know, if if I'm if I'm just jabbing you all night and you're not really touching me, but I'm not knocking you out, I'm still clearly beating you. It's right, right. right. It, yeah, but, but it, it's close like there are a lot of I mean the Cynthia fight was pretty close that's one you could see going either way kind of but like the felder fight i feel like you could see one guy clearly won that fight i feel like a lot of people like casuals and maybe even some hardcores and diehards don't really pay much they don't give the leg kick the credit it deserves like if when paul leg kicked vic and then vic jabbed him to the jaw 90 percent of the people and the judges are probably going to weigh that jab more than the leg kick but you know in my personal opinion if i if i have the opinion of three leg kicks or one jab those three leg kicks mean more than that one jab you know it, it's just a weird what means I, what means more you know does a does a jab mean more than a hook does a hook mean more than an uppercut it's you know what i'm saying I, it depends who's throwing the strike. One leg kick could be worse than one jab, and one jab could be worse than one leg kick. Depends on who's throwing it, you know. I think that anytime it's like split, like you said, where it's it's so close in a split decision, I think they should just do more draws. We should see more draws in MMA. That's what I've been saying. There should be more ten ten rounds where it's like really close. That's a ten ten round. Yeah, because some of them it's just like a like Connor Nate too. That's a perfect example. That's too close to call, in my opinion. Which one? Uh, Con- Connor Nate too. When Connor and Nate, yeah, fought, that's to yeah, me, that, it's so close. That that should have been a draw, definitely. So we get to the main event. You know, the fight actually, the fights were actually it was a pretty fun night. You know, they had uh, Henry Cejudo in the crowd. I seen a few other people. It was a pretty fun, you know, night. First night on ESPN, and we get to Kane and Bert Francis. Now I'm curious your pick because. I had Kane Velasquez by third round TKO. I thought Kane, I, th- I thought it was going to be similar to Francis Stipe in the first round. You know, a lot of trading, some tension. I thought Kane was going to. Dr- I thought by the second round that Kane was going to have Francis completely drained of energy and was just going to be the qu- the quintessential 
Cain Velasquez beating, basically. And uh, we did not get that. <laughs> we I did a live reaction video, you know, uh, while it was going on, and it was only like an eight-minute video because it was so damn fast. We They come at each other, and Cain, went to, Cain threw a head kick, and, you know, we've watched the replay, I'm sure, just like you have a, a thousand times. Did his leg buckle, or did he get punched? His it, knee buckled, yeah. It his definitely buckled, but he, he, did get, he did eat that uppercut. Like, when more... There's more I, angles. I, I, was that after his knee buckled? I think, right? It was right before. It was like he... You can see there's this new video. I don't know if you've seen it. on. It just come out on Twitter. There's this new one where it's zoomed in on uh, Kane's chin. And you can see where Kane's chin goes to the side and then his knee buckles. Clearly, clearly, you know, the knee gave out and the knee was giving him problems, but... He when whenever he stood up he he looked fine like at, when the ref stopped it he stood up and he wasn't limping and whenever he walked out of the cage he wasn't limping and when he got to the press conference he told him that you know it popped but I'm okay I mean a lot of people are making excuses saying that Francis shouldn't be celebrating and Francis didn't really win Francis won Francis definitely won I have a bit of a conspiracy theory on that match man. <laughs> uh, did you see the video of Kane at the open workout? Hitting the hitting pads. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, when he st when he stops the open workout, you see his knee gives out and then he stops it. Mm. But before before the fight, you, I didn't catch that. But like after the fight, you go watch the open workout, you see his knee give out, and it's like we're done. And then so. My my theory is that he went into the fight knowing uh, he's hurt, knowing the only chance he could win is by using his wrestling to like tire this guy out, and no, he knew he's not going to do it. So and he negotiated like a new a new deal, a fat fat paycheck for the fight. So he's like, I haven't fought in years. I'm just going to go make make some money. My knee's bad. I'll use the fight as an excuse to get the UFC to pay for this expensive surgery too. Get a fat check, get them to pay for an expensive surgery, win-win. And I actually, like uh, during my reaction, when it happened, I did mention, I, rem I specifically remember me mentioning, maybe he just, maybe he knew his knee, like what you just said, maybe he knew his knee was hurt. Because you could, like when he grabbed Francis, he grabs him and he pushes him up against the cage and you could just see like... Uh, Francis is solid. I mean, Francis is a solid 258, 260, you know, somewhere around in that. And he's a big dude. I mean, Francis is a scary heavyweight. A lot of people was, you know, counting him out when he lost to Derek Lewis and he lost to Stipe. But if that guy touches your chin, you are fucked. <laughs> and it, it just seemed like that they weren't giving Francis credit, you know, for what he did. But I do agree with you a little bit. I think that Kane might have knew in the back of his mind if I get in a position where I've got to use my leg strength to hoist him up in the air or slam him, my knee might buckle. So he kind of gr he grabs him and he buckles. And I'll, I'll tweet the the video I'm talking about to you after we get done. He he and there's this other part where you know remember when when Francis throws the down punch and kind of hits him in the back of the head a little bit. Yeah. So Francis kind of hits him in the back of the head and then Kane grabs him. And as he's grabbing him, Francis sneaks in a little jab that kind of just... It, when, when a guy's that big and hits that hard, he doesn't have to hit you as hard as he can to hurt. He kind of he sneaks in a little jab, and then as Kane is falling, he sneaks in a little, uh, just a short uppercut, not just a very short uppercut, and then you see the knee buckle and he goes down. My initial thought, like wh whenever I seen it, I didn't even thought he got, I didn't even think he got touched. I thought that the knee buckled, I thought his knee gave out, I didn't even think Francis touched him. But then when you really watch it, he for sure got touched. How significant and how bad was the knee compared to the punches? Who knows? But he definitely got touched. And when a guy like that, like when Francis Ngannou is punching you, he doesn't have to hit you with all of his might to put you down. Yeah, man, he says it was, yeah, he didn't really, he says he didn't get hit, which he obviously did. But I don't know if they affected him or if it was just purely the knee. I don't know. He says it was just the knee, but you can't trust that guy. Cause he said he was completely healthy coming to the fight. Obviously, he wasn't. What's next for Kane? I mean, you went, you're went. you out two years. You come back, and it only lasts 26 seconds. 
And it's. I, ma- I imagine he's going to be out a long time with that knee. Uh, assuming the knee's fine. Assuming that he comes out in the next month and says it was just a pop. I just popped it and it's okay. It just needs to rest for two weeks. All right. Let me have a look at the rankings here. Um. A lot of people were thinking he was going to retire. Did you? Did you? Did you think he was going to retire after he got up? I feel like he has one foot out the door already. He has like other businesses he does. He's into real estate. And you know, I've asked this to people before on my show: Is he your goat? To me, he's the greatest of all time, heavyweight. He to me, it's either it's Kane, Fedor, Verdum, Stipe, and. Uh, that's probably you know about it, but you, you, you know what I think would you know what I think would be a great fight, Kane against number fourteen Andre Arlovsky. Arlovsky, that I mean I I like that former champs, yeah. Arlovsky's coming off a loss too. Uh, Overeem has Walt Harris, I think. Yeah, uh, Overeem and Kane has Overeem and Kane ever fought. I don't think so, but like uh, I think Overeem might be too much for him. I don't know. If well, they gave him Francis. Didn't you think Francis was a little too much for him? Oh, hell yeah. That's what I'm thinking. After that knockout. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. It's striker versus grappler. I don't know. Who did you have going into it? I'm, I'm, I had Kane. I had Kane by third round. I, I, too. I had Kane and I had under one and a half rounds. Yeah, so I mean... A lot of people that are hardcores and that know the game thought it was going to be a classic Kane Velasquez beating. Yeah, the reason I picked Kane was because uh, I saw last year I went to Boston uh, for the Engano Miocic fight, and I saw firsthand what uh, what Stipe did to Francis, and I, I had a max bet on Francis. I I thought for sure Francis was going to knock him out, and but then I uh, I saw Stipe wrestle the shit out of him, and Francis Ngannou became Francis Ngannou wrestling. <laughs> that, that was that was a joke I made that night. Stipe <laughs> yeah, is not um, known for wrestling. You know, Stipe is not known for to be a wrestler. Uh, he has a wrestling background, but yeah, he's not he's not really known for it. And yeah, I, I figured if Stipe did it, definitely Kane could do it because. Since since the fight last year, uh, Francis has not really. I don't believe he's really improved his wrestling as much as he says because he he, he left Las Vegas to go to France and France doesn't have the best wrestlers and they don't have the best heavyweights. So I'm like, I don't really think his wrestling has improved, improved leaps and bounds. So I went with Kane. I didn't know Kane was injured, so I got screwed. So. I personally think you should, and I, I, I tweeted this out, you know, and some people agreed, some didn't. I would love to see Overeem Francis too. Just personally, I believe Overeem. Do not to Overeem. <laughs> do not do that to Overeem. I personally believe Alistair Overeem can win. I picked him in the first fight. I believe for a long time that that before Overeem retires, he will be champion. I mean, okay, he's been... Yeah, but- he can win, but it's a huge gamble. He has to go 15 minutes without getting clips <laughs> to win. <laughs> it's hard to do, man. And you've already you're going in there with a guy who's already put you into fucking orbit once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would shit his pants if he got the phone call for that fight. I think he would take it. I think he'd accept it. Another thing people were saying, you know, you couldn't. He's got that. Yeah. Another thing people were saying is, you know, if Kane would have won. They were they were they were wanting to do Stipe Kane, obviously, if Kane would have won. I yeah. still I still think you can do it even though he lost. Stipe is coming off of a loss. He hasn't fought since DC. Kane is now coming off of a loss. I still believe that you can do well, just because Kane lost, I mean, yeah, it, it it tarnishes it a little bit, but you could definitely still do it. Definitely. Stipe would only do it if you promised him a title shot with a win. And, you know, I'm curious, too, you know, on your... Does Stipe deserve the the, re- the immediate rematch? I mean, obviously, he defended it four times, you know. I mean, he he was a great champion, the most defenses of any heavyweight. To me, he 
you got knocked out in one round. I mean, no disrespect, and DC even said this. DC was like, you know, what more can I do? How can I make it look any better? You know, I knocked him out in one round. And, you know, Stipe, you owe me, uh, you owe me a shot. And I, I just think Stipe's going about it the wrong way. I, the best way for me, Stipe, go fight Kane or Francis again or or Alistair or somebody. Knock them out. And then you go, then it, DC can't deny you. Yeah, man. Um, I, I, I don't think he deserves an immediate rematch, but like if you gave him one, I can't really complain about it. But uh, I think he should definitely fight someone because he's 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 been sitting on the sidelines while Cormier has been fighting, and I th I think the reason he hasn't fought is because he's he's a he, he's not confident he could win. You know, he's not confident he's going to go out there and get a win. I like, guess the heavyweight division, all the all the top guys, they have a decent chance of beating him. Yeah, and if he if he if he gambles and uh, gives up the immediate rematch to fight someone else, and uh, he loses, that means he's giving up that championship money, or that the title. If he fights for the title right now, he's going to be making a lot of money, uh, and he's going to get pay per view points. But if he doesn't, he just goes fights a regular fight a number one contender. He's only going to be making like a hundred grand instead of like. Close to a million. And you mentioned, and just like you said, heavyweights. You know, anybody can beat anybody at heavyweight. They're, when you're, they're throwing four ounce gloves at each other, and they're very big men. Anything can happen. So, yeah. uh, DC is in a weird position right now with Brock Lesnar and John Jones. Is John Jones coming to heavyweight? Is DC going down to light heavyweight to fight him again? Do we even really want to see that a third time? I mean, me personally, I, I don't think DC should i mean i firmly believe that everybody who people claim is that is unbeatable will eventually lose i i remember saying last year sometime that chris cyborg will eventually lose and people was like you're stupid N name me one girl who's gonna do it Na name somebody who can and look what happened I and mean, you know eventually chris cyborg lost so i believe eventually john jones will lose Will it be to Anthony Smith? Will it be to Daniel Cormier? Will it be to somebody else? Who knows? But personally, Luke Rockhold. If I if I had to pick somebody right now that could probably beat John Jones, it would be Luke Rockhold at, at two hundred five. But back, you know, to, to heavyweight. Do what is what do you do with Kane? What do you do with Francis? What do you do with that division in general? Do you just let it wait for a little while? Do you wait and see what happens with Brock Lesnar? Because it's kind of crazy that we're they're waiting on Brock in the first place. I think Cormier is injured now, so they're just waiting to see, waiting for him to get better and then see what's available, whether it's Brock or, I don't know, rematch with Stipe. I don't know what they'll do, but like the problem is DC's injury right now. And as far as Jones goes, um, um there are a couple of people I could see be, beating him. Uh, contenders who are coming up, right? Uh, there's a guy named Dominic Reyes. Okay. He has a fight with Volkan Rosemary coming up. I think I think he's a serious threat. And uh, Rakic, Alexander Rakic, he's a kickboxer, went into MMA. He's down at American Top Team. He's improved his wrestling. He has great wrestling. He's uh, he's well rounded. No, he's a he's a serious threat. If if Jones can't get him down, he's going to be in trouble. Uh, John relies, you know, a lot on his natural gifts. You know, the super long arms, the long limbs. The he he relies a lot on just being naturally gifted. Yeah, man, that reach advantage definitely helps him out a ton. Yeah, I've I've said before that I thought that that was the longest reach in MMA history of any MMA fighter ever, but I think I've seen somewhere where Stefan Struve. <laughs> Is like a is like one inch more. Oh, I thought there was like a bantamweight that had like the the same reach or like a similar reach. Um, Jackson, something Jackson, Montel Jackson. Mm. I I heard he has bigger hands than Engano. True, and he's a what what weight class? One thirty five. A bantamweight. Yeah, he just beat Brian Kelleher in the first round. Oh, that guy. That guy, yeah. 
Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Another guy we've seen in the crowd, he was in Crone's Corner, Nate Diaz, the one and only. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, like, Crone doesn't really have coaches. It's crazy. No, he just he- kind of has friends. Yeah, he just had friends corner him. He, he had no idea who was going to corner him besides Nate. And then on fight day, he just picked like a couple other people to, to be in his corner. I it's think crazy. that's dope. I think it's pretty dope. Yeah, but like uh, I don't know how much better he can get without like real coaches. You know, you need you need a wrestling coach. You need a striking coach. Like it's Richard Perez. Day, you know Richard I mean? Perez, right? Nick and Nate's boxing coach, Richard Perez. Is he not? No, uh, like, like during this camp, he says Nate only came down, like, uh, just a couple times. Nate lives in NorCal. Uh, Crone lives here in L.A. He doesn't go up there. Nate just comes down here, like, I don't uh, know, once a month. Uh, Richard Perez is getting a little old. He's getting older too. I'm sh- I'm sure he's still involved, you know, with it all. But those great coaches, you know, like when I whenever I think of a great boxing coach, I think of Richard Perez. Yeah, I, I kind of forgot about him. Yeah, he doesn't really have many fighters now, does he? Besides the Diaz's and besides, shit. Yeah, besides the Diaz brothers. Yeah. And some uh, pro boxers. Yeah. That's a that that's a camp, you know, like the scrap pack, that the old scrap pack. Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz, Gilbert Melendez, Jake Shields. Shields. Yeah, like those guys are. All of them are just straight killers. Yeah, man, wish the Diaz's would have gone a different route, but uh, they're not really fighters at heart. Uh, I'm, they don't, once they made their money, they're like, they don't want to do this anymore, you know? There was a little clip. Did you see the little clip of Nate? Nate walks up, um, somebody's interviewing Dana, and Nate walks up to Dana just, just last night at the, at the event, and uh, Dana's like, hey, what's up, Nate? And Nate says, we're, we're coming. Basically telling him, I'm coming back. Like, he looks at Dana and says, we're coming. Is, is, do you think we'll see Nate Diaz fight this year? Because I personally, I believe we will. I, I think it, it, he's kind of getting the itch a little bit. You know, he's kind of getting that itch. He wants to fight again. If it's a big card, yeah. If they give him a lot of money on a big card, yeah. And they have to do Connor. You have to do the Connor. I mean, it, it's one-to-one. You have to do that. For sure, I, that fight will happen. It's just a matter of when. Nate, I know will come back. Nick, that's what I was gonna ask uh, you. What about Big Brother? Because you know, I seen we seen posts saying, you know, I'm good. I don't want to come back. And then we'll see him say, "Come get it. Anybody can get it." So I, I, the Diaz brothers are very emotional. You know, they're very very emotional guys. You just gotta kind of catch them on the right day. Catch them in the right mood. You know, you gotta kind of catch Nick when he's. In a feeling good, good mood, not pissed off, and be like, hey, you know, here's you a good. The Jorge Masvidal fight, that was, that was, if that was to happen, that was going to be a great fight. For Nick? For Nick, yes, I believe Nick would, would, would have beat Jorge. I believe Nick was going to beat Jorge. Uh, a few years ago, yeah, not today. He, he would have no chance today. Don't you think Jorge would just box with him, though? You know, don't you? It would. It'd, it would be. It'd just be a boxing contest, probably. And if it Jorge, went to the ground, today, Jorge could beat him every anywhere the fight goes. The reason for that, you ask me. Uh, Nick has not been training for years. Uh, he moved to Vegas so he could like just party twenty four seven. He doesn't give a shit about fighting anymore. What about the triathlons? Do- Is he still doing the triathlons and shit? Uh, I, I don't think so. He he might be doing some stuff, but definitely not like before. I mean, he's he's in he's in shape, but I don't know if that's from triathlons or from going to the gym right. or what. But he just, all he wants to do is party, like you said. Don't you? That's think, why he moved to Vegas, so he just you could just go club like day and night. <laughs> don't you think that he's still an elite fighter? Like he's still an elite level fighter. He's still that's still Nick Diaz. You know, I mean, he's still got top notch Gracie Jiu Jitsu. He's still got top-notch boxing. Like this, We're talking about the same guy who beat the piss out of BJ Penn for three rounds. He, at boxing, you know, he's, he beat Paul Daly. He, Nick Diaz, even though he didn't really shine in the UFC, I would classify Nick and Nate both as legends of MMA, for sure. Yeah, definitely. But we're talking about today where Nick's like, 
34, 35 years old, and he hasn't been training for years at this point. So uh, the UFC, uh, the top five, the top ten, they're fucking monsters, man. Uh, if you haven't been training for years, I don't care who you are, you're going to have a hard time. What about Strike Force? You don't think he could win in the UFC? What about Strike Force? What if they called him and said, "Hey, let's do Paul Daly rematch"? You think he could beat Paul Daly? Oh no, no man, no. You just think that he's just not training, not training like he should be. But but let's say that he just took a year to train, like he he just took a year to get back into training. Cause, Cause I mean, okay. 35, yep. 34, 35 is not old in MMA. He's still he's not too old. He's not too old. If it took if he he took a year off to get better and start training and then got into a fight camp after taking after a year of training again so like we're talking a year and three months later he has a fight yeah he could be he could be Paul Daly but if you're talking about six months from today he can't yeah I think that uh I think that he's still I think that he's still very skilled. I think that he would surprise you. I, th- I think that he well, would surprise you. In, in, a, in a grappling match, you would submit Paul Daly. You would beat Paul Daly. But, like, in an MMA fight, dude, I don't know, man. It's, it's one it, of those timing, things. I'm being speed accuracy. You, he's, not, he's not sparring. Uh, he's not doing anything, you know? He's just uh, drugs and partying. <laughs> It's it's one of those things, you know, everybody wants to see Nick and Nate because, you know, they bring it, they they always are entertaining, you know, the Nate always talks shit, Nick always, you know, they're fun. He used to be my favorite fighter, no doubt. No, he used to be my favorite. Nate Diaz is my, my my youngest son is named after Nate Diaz, you know, I my uh, I have 209 tatted on me with the Metal Militia symbol. You know, I'm I'm a diehard Diaz fan. Nick and Nate hey. both. More Nate than Nick, but both and I you know I want to see them for selfish reasons of course you know because they're entertaining, but really and I've I've made this point before too they don't owe anybody anything if if neither one of them ever fought again they've cemented their leg in my opinion and some people might not agree I believe Nate and Nick belong in the Hall of Fame even though neither one have won a UFC title even though Nate has never been UFC champion and probably never will be. I still believe Nate Diaz deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I I agree with you 100%. A lot of people wouldn't. You know, some people would say if you if you're not a champion, how can you be in the Hall of Fame? If you know, but if you just really think about it, Nate has beat and fought a lot of people. He beat Cowboy Connor. You know, I mean, a, a whole lot of people. They've both definitely left their mark in the sport. Well, Nick, I. Man, M- MMA Hall of Fame, sort of, definitely. But like, Nick didn't do much in the UFC, right? Yeah. He just, he just has a win over BJ Penn, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's an MMA legend, but like, he didn't do much in the UFC. But still, like, I would throw him in the UFC Hall of Fame just just for the fuck of it, too. <laughs> <laughs> he's that de- they definitely earned it, you know, and they're they're always entertaining. I, I believe we we could see him come back but it like you said they'd have to offer him a fuckload of money and give him some time to to prepare yeah man it just uh he doesn't give a shit anymore man it's like there's there's things i know like i can't even say on the podcast like you know uh, that like make me doubt his return but yeah i'm with you i wish he would turn things around and head back in that direction but I definitely believe we will see Nate again. I believe we will see Nate at least one more time. Yeah, for sure. Well, Gabriel, man, I appreciate you coming on. You know, it was a fun card last night, uh, and I'll, I'll get you on in the future, you know, after we have, have another fight card coming up. I believe the next pay-per-view is 235, right? Yeah, and my, I'm, I'm being Vegas for that one. My friend... Um, Edmund Shabajan, he has a second UFC fight on that card. Uh, mm. I'm going to go check it out. He's undefeated, uh, 185er. He's fighting Charles Bird. They were both on the Dana White Contender Series. Now they're fighting each other. It's going to be a good fight. Mm. So do you train? Do you train and all that too, or you don't? Uh, I dabbled for a bit, and I'm going to get back into it, but not really right now. Now I'm just uh, 
We're trying to focus on my my restaurant, which is Raging Hot Chicken. It's a it's a Nashville hot chicken uh, restaurant in North Hollywood, California. People listening, follow us on Instagram at Raging Hot Chicken, Raging Hot Chicken, and um, my stand up comedy. I'm uh, trying to focus on that. So I'm the kind of guy who has an obsessive personality. Like if if I start doing jujitsu, I guess I get obsessed about it. So I stop focusing on comedy. I just start focusing on jujitsu. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I like. So right now I'm just trying to balance uh, the comedy, the MMA betting thing. My I have the the Money Right Fight Club where people subscribe to my plays and my restaurant. The, I didn't mention the Money Right Fight Club. Um, no. Uh, well, I have this email newsletter thing people subscribe to my plays and so far for 2019 we're up over at we're up almost seven thousand dollars whoo so you got a lot going on you got comedy restaurant betting a whole lot of shit yeah yeah i'm all over the place my man trying to make it happen and for anyone uh, who's interested in the money right fight club uh check me out on twitter at gabe killian mma Yes, definitely check him out on Twitter. You know, he's got good, uh, gives good insights, you know, insights into to what's going on. Good bets, good parlays you can make, good bets, you know, the over-under, stuff like that, I'm sure. Uh, some of that, you know, for the regular person will be kind of hard to understand, you know, a little bit in the, the plus or minus, you know, in the favorites. But it's actually kind of simple when you get into it. But Yeah, I'm, I'm really good with underdogs. Uh, so far this year, I've... Uh, I fit 14 out of 21 underdogs, and for the for a profit of eight thousand dollars. Damn! But so, I've actually made a, I had, I've made a small loss betting favorites. That's why my profit for the year is seven thousand. Because because of I I uh, won eight thousand with underdogs, lost one thousand with favorites, but so my profit is seven thousand uh, so for the year you, so far. We're six weeks into the year. Up seven grand. It's, is just all your picks just from your opinions, or do you use like numbers and calculations and statistics, or, or do you just like whenever I make a pick, I'm just going by my educated what 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 do I feel and think is going to happen? Do you just is it just like a gut feeling, or do you have like shit that you want to try to actually back it up with? It starts off with a gut feeling, then. Uh, I watch tape, and after watching tape, sometimes I go against my gut feeling, and sometimes I I don't even have a gut feeling to start with. I could just see the betting odds, and I could think, oh, this underdog might be worth a bet at this price because it, it seems like it has value. And then uh, I, I, I I watch the tape, tape, and then I change my mind. I'm like, oh, no, I think he's going to get dominated, so I'm going to go against him, or, or I, I just don't see value, any value in the play. I'm just not – I'm going to avoid it. But yeah, and then I take a lot of things into consideration too. Like uh, I check out the fighter interviews. I I pay attention to to the media day and the weigh-in face-offs and stuff like that. Because um, I'm not a body language expert, but I know a good deal. Like sometimes I can tell when a fighter is scared or nervous or something like that, and that could help me. I just because they're nervous or scared doesn't mean they always lose. Sometimes, like uh, they just get end up winning anyway it, it either helps them or they just get lucky uh, but like usually uh, a fighter who's scared or nervous is good to bet against and this last week for example uh, Emily Whitmire she was fighting Alexandra Albu that was the first ever uh, on the very first fight on the prelims uh, on fight not fight at ESPN Plus and during the media day face-offs I sensed uh that uh, Whitmire was a little bit scared of Albu, so I uh, made a play on Albu. But at the, in the fight, she ended up uh, getting a submission just a minute into the fight, and that's because of an Al- a mistake Albu made, which was uh, giving up her bag. Which I, I saw that watching tape on her. I knew it was a potential outcome uh, for giving up her bag and getting caught. But but, but yeah. After after Whitmire won the fight, she went on to say that she was injured. She was really nervous. And then you could tell she she felt like she was super lucky to get that win. She she, she couldn't stop crying. She she felt uh, she was really lucky. And she's a waitress. She, she needed that paycheck too. And 
so at, so at, at the faceoffs, I don't know if because she knew she was injured, she was scared, or she was scared because her opponent hits hard. But I I could tell that she she had some fear in her, and that's something that base uh, plays off too sometimes. Yeah, it's just all those little things, you know, all those little things yeah. that it's not just as simple as. Oh, I pick him. <laughs> I, I definitely want to have you back on, you know, to cu- talk cooking too. I'm actually, I've studied culinary for years. I'm a chef, like not a professional chef, but definitely, you know, know my way around the kitchen. And I'm more of a griller. I like to grill more than anything. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a home chef slash I'm into barbecue. And I came up with this with this fried chicken recipe uh, for Nashville Hot Chicken just uh, – I fell in love with Nashville Hot Chicken, so I started working on my own recipe, and everyone who tried my recipe fell in love with it, and they just suggested I start going to business with it, and that's what I did, and it's been pretty great. Comedy, too. I'm, I'm very, you know, versed in comedy. Chris Farr, in my opinion, the, the funniest person alive is Joey Diaz, and the funniest person dead is Chris Farley. Yeah, man, I love Joey Diaz. He actually performed at my birthday party like eight years ago. Damn, it was pretty dope. That's that, that's the hardest I've ever laughed in my life at my birthday party eight years ago. Yeah, Joey's hilarious. But I'd love to have you on again. You know, talk comedy and cooking too. We got we got more topics we could cover besides fighting. Oh yeah, man, I'd love to be back. Definitely, man. Well, I appreciate you, and you have a good rest of the night. You too, my man. Thanks for having me on. Everybody, have a beautiful. Night. Yeah, everybody hit him up on Twitter, check him out, uh, check out his Nash, uh, Nashville Chicken on Twitter. Do you, you have Instagram and Facebook too? Yeah, uh, Gabe Killian on Instagram for me and at Raging Hot Chicken for the chicken joint. And on Twitter, I'm Gabe Killian MMA. Give him a follow, give him a like, go check him out, guys. You have a good rest of the night. Stay beautiful, everybody. See you, man. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview with Gabriel Killian. Yeah, he's got a lot going on. The restaurant, the chicken, you know, comedy, fighting, betting. Damn, I I thought I was busy. (laughs) I thought I had a busy schedule. But uh, great breakdown of, you know, Kane versus Francis. Overall, the message, I guess you could say, the moral of the whole story and everything is you never really know what's going to happen until they start throwing punches at each other. Everybody thought Kane was going to slaughter Francis. Everybody thought Kane was going to go out there and put a beating on him, like like JDS2, like JDS3, and it just didn't go like that. Yes, the knee buckled. Yes, the knee was hurt, but he got hit with a punch. Trust me, guys. Go go watch it on Twitter. Go Go to YouTube. Go look shit up. He got punched. For all of you guys out there thinking he didn't get touched at all, you're just wrong. I thought so, too. My first initial reaction was he didn't get touched. Rewatch it. Go into detail. Slow it down. You can actually slow-mo and then super slow-mo. Slow it way, 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 way down. Watch it frame by frame. He got hit. But have a good rest of the night, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview. Hit me up.